You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Tuesday, March 16th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. I'd like to begin the show today by offering a special shout-out to subscribers to this podcast. And if you would like to join that group, just go to your favorite podcast source and hit the subscribe button, and we will deliver new episodes to your device each morning as they are posted. As this is a daily podcast, we have new episodes each morning, Monday through Friday, for most of the year. It was a big first day of free agency. The quote-unquote legal tampering period began yesterday in the NFL. That means that yesterday was the first day teams were able to negotiate with free agents. And I don't know whether this is just a phenomenon among Jets fans or whether it is true of fans across the league, but I have noticed something through the years. And it doesn't matter whether it takes two hours or two days. The period between the beginning of the legal tampering period, which was noon Eastern yesterday, and the point where the Jets make their first major move is a period where you see nothing but panic set in among the fan base. You see people say the Jets aren't going to upgrade their roster. Why haven't we made any moves yet? Why isn't our general manager going to spend money? And this is true. This has been true for years. And the amazing thing is that there, through some of Mike McCagnin's wildest spending sprees, there was initial panic. There were some of, in some of the years Mike McCagnin spent the most money, the Jets were not even active on the first day. And I guess part of it is when you are going through a lost season, like the Jets have so many times, you circle yesterday's date on the calendar. You spend most of the year looking forward to the first day of free agency because that's the first time your team has a chance to upgrade. So you spend all this time getting ready for it, and it comes. And if you don't see immediate action, and when I say immediate action, I mean like action within the first 10 minutes, you start to get nervous, and you start to see other teams sign players, and you wonder, why hasn't my team signed anybody? And that's what was happening through much of yesterday. Jets fans were nervous because a lot of key players were agreeing to terms with new teams. And I wrote an article yesterday evening on gangreennation.com where I told people, you know, panic was probably not the way to go. And as much as people were focused on yesterday, yesterday was really the first act in not just a process that's going to take one offseason, but in a multi-offseason progress. The Jets are not going to be a Super Bowl team based on the signings of day one in free agency. They're not going to become a Super Bowl team based on one offseason. There is a very long way to go for this franchise. Yesterday was really the first step, the first act in what is going to be a very, very long process. This is really the first opportunity Joe Douglas has to build his own team. The day he was hired, he was largely stuck with the team he inherited for two years. 
And yeah, he could make a few moves on the edges, and he was able to run the draft last year. But this is the first time he's really got resources at his disposal. And it's the first chance he has to really overhaul his roster. And many times, the teams that spend the most on day one in free agency, they get a lot of praise in the media. Look at all the praise the Patriots are getting for what they did yesterday. I have no idea what New England was doing. I thought the Patriots made a lot of nonsensical moves yesterday. If I was a Patriots fan, I'd be really angry because I, I don't think that they made very smart decisions with the signings that they made. But because you're making action, because you're making moves, that those you tend to get praised. The thing is, you have to be very careful on day one because finding deals in free agency requires negotiation. And the guys who go on day one, especially early in day one, they tend to go that early because... They get an offer that's so good that they'd be crazy to negotiate. They'd be crazy to not take the offer. It's so favorable to them. And frequently those deals don't turn out very good. And as as much as the Jets need to look to upgrade their roster, what happens on day one of free agency is not ultimately going to be not not ultimately going to have a major major role in determining the success or failure of the franchise going forward and I've mentioned how there are going to be deals to be made this offseason there are gonna be some great deals out there because of the cap going down and teams not having as much money to spend and more players being available those won't happen on day one and what happens going forward is more important or as important as what happened yesterday. Yesterday going in, what I was hoping for was that the Jets would make a couple targeted moves that made sense. Because as much as I don't love day one spending, the Jets were kind of at a point where they had to maybe take a couple calculated gambles. But I did not want to see the Jets do something like New England, where they were just going out and spending money for the sake of spending money. That's what it felt to me like the Patriots were doing yesterday. And I did not want, certainly did not want to see them do what Jacksonville and Carolina did. I mean, Carolina was giving out contracts to giving out good contracts to backup offensive linemen. I mean, this they looked like. I mean, I, I made a joke yesterday that you would think Mike McCagnan was consulting for them based on some of the contracts they were giving to bad offensive linemen. The only way you knew Mike McCagnan wasn't there is that they have assistant coaches that Matt Rule wanted to hire. And then Jacksonville, I mean, Jacksonville was giving out contracts to guys you've never even heard of. I mean, I follow the NFL pretty closely. I've never heard of the guys Jacksonville was signing. You know, you didn't want to see ridiculous spending. But what I wanted to see from the Jets yesterday, what I was hoping for would be a few targeted moves that would stabilize positions of big need. And... I think they did it. I think that they made a couple signings, and generally speaking, I like what they did, and we'll talk about that ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing, and college basketball has March Madness ready to get underway this week. Bet Online also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. 
Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And you can get that by using promo code locked on. It's one word with no space L O C K E D O N. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Tuesday, and we are discussing what the Jets did on day one of the legal tampering period yesterday. Yesterday was the first day where teams were allowed to negotiate with free agents. And the first move was kind of an under-the-radar move that the Jets made. This was before any of the bigger action from last night. And this was a move that I think got the fan base a little bit upset because there was a stretch for a couple of hours where this was the only move the Jets had made. And that was agreeing to terms with linebacker Jared Davis. And Davis has spent his entire career with the Detroit Lions. He was drafted back in 2017. And he was a first-round pick. Kind of a disappointment for the Lions. In fact, he was recently benched. Now, over the last couple days, you may have seen media reports about how there is kind of a theory in the NFL that Davis was misused by the Lions. And look, I mean, other than Adam Gase, I'm not sure there's a coach where that seems more credible than Matt Patricia a guy who doesn't really understand how to use his players. And there's a theory out there that Davis will do better at a different position in Robert Sala's scheme, that his range makes him a good fit. Pretty much a reclamation project. I think kind of an expensive reclamation project. He's set to make around, he's set to count for around $5.5 million against the salary cap. That's not that cheap for a linebacker and, The Jets must really be buying into the theory that he's a better fit for this defense because I don't know that there's a lot that could tell you that deal is justified. I mean, it's pretty much just all based on potential. It's all based on hoping that you can get more out of him. I got to be honest, that's of the moves yesterday. That's probably the one that I don't love. But so let's just move on. Let's move on to talk about what else the Jets did. I think the. Every year, I mentioned how there's always this panic in the fan base that sets in until the Jets make their first significant move. And the first significant move was reported last night. They agreed to to, to terms with Corey Davis, former receiver with the Tennessee Titans, former top five overall pick. In fact, back in 2017, the Titans picked Davis one spot ahead of where the Jets picked Jamal Adams. And Davis actually got off to a bit of a slow start in his career. He was kind of a disappointment early in his career, but he does seem to be an ascending player. He had his best season in 2020. He probably would have gone over the 1,000-yard mark if he did not miss a couple games because he was on the COVID-19 list. So, guy, and he's only going to be 26 at the start of this season, so some room to grow for him, potentially. Guy who, you know, he's a big target. He's kind of a possession receiver. Guy who works really well in the intermediate game. That's really where he he did his best work in 2020. And I think there's no way around it. A guy who should be 
a fairly substantial upgrade over Brashad Perryman. Different receiver stylistically, but I think a higher quality player. And you look at the contract, the contract reportedly around three years, $37.5 million. So you're talking about a deal that is around $12.5 million per year. That's not even a top 20 contract as far as annual value goes. And there's more to it than annual value. There's structure. There's how much money is guaranteed. But you you look at this deal, I think for what the Jets are getting, it seems pretty reasonable to me. And this was a position the Jets absolutely had to upgrade. This is a player who makes them much better. We do not know who the quarterback will be yet in 2021, but... I think one thing that was clear was the Jets needed to go out and upgrade their group of pass catchers. That was something that that was a non-negotiable. They could not go into another season with this group. And you know things got a little bit better last year when you had Denzel Mims. You, at this point, still have Jamison Crowder. So you do have some competent pass catchers. This is not a Jet, the Jets teams of you know 2013 where they had pretty much no NFL caliber receivers on their roster or maybe only like only one like the Jets did have some some quality receivers and quality prospects on this team but they needed to add somebody they needed to add an outside receiver coming back with Brashad Perryman simply was not a viable option and I think they did pretty well here going out and get Corey getting Corey Davis for the money they got him for I mean you look at some of the other contracts receivers got I mean you look at what New England paid Nelson Aguilar who I don't think is as good as Davis. And I think it's difficult to not be satisfied with this deal. You know, who knows? There's always a danger when you're importing a guy from another city, another locker room, another system. But I think Corey Davis helps a lot. I think that this was a really sound move. I think the money was reasonable. When I saw this deal, I was pretty happy with it. It's funny because, you know, there are other other Jets analysts who like Corey Davis better than I do. There are people who love Corey Davis. I like Corey Davis. And at the price the Jets got him at, I, I think a very, very solid deal for the New York Jets. Chain stores have different price tiers for professionals and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are always reliably low. RockAuto.com is a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection? reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com we have been telling you about built bar the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now built bar is the amazing low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber amazing tasting protein bar with 100 percent chocolate on all the bars and now it's time to find out which built bar is best it's built bar madness built bar has set up an ncaa bracket style tournament featuring all of its flavors, and you get a chance to vote on which one is the best. You go to BuiltBar.com or to Twitter at Built underscore Bar to vote. And remember, when you're buying Built Bar, 
Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's LOCKED15. It's one word, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. This is the Locked on Jets podcast on this Tuesday, talking about what the Jets did on the first day of the legal tampering period. And in the weeks leading up to free agency, I heard one name consistently mentioned among Jets analysts as a player the Jets really should target in free agency. And it it is a guy I mentioned as well. It seemed like the rare decision that was unanimous among Jets analysts. And it was Carl Lawson, the Bengals edge rusher. He was a 2017 fourth round pick. Quite frankly, a player I was hoping the Jets would draft in 2017. Now, you look at his sack totals, only 20 sacks in four seasons, not that impressive, but he was one of the league leaders in pressures this past season, and if you look at the numbers, pressures tend to be more consistent than sacks from year to year. They tend to be a better indicator of what a player is, and Sacks are not everything. We always talk about how sacks are not everything among pass rushers. Best pass rusher in the NFL may only get like one sack per game, but you want somebody who's constantly disrupting the quarterback, getting after him, delivering hits, making him uncomfortable in the pocket, forcing altering throws, and Lawson does that very well. The Jets had to address edge rusher. The Jets have left edge, edge rusher unaddressed for as long as I can remember. The last time the Jets even had a serviceable group at edge rusher was probably the early Rex Ryan days where you had Calvin Pace and Brian Thomas. And those were guys who were really better run defenders than they were pass rushers. And they they weren't that great. They were more role players than guys who carried the, the defense. But it's been a weakness almost ever since then. And the Jets have not invested enough trying to improve the position. Now... I'll be honest, Lawson got more money than I was expecting that he would. It's a three-year deal for around $45 million, so $15 million annual salary. But you look at what else was out there. You look at the other contracts that were given out. It's a risk, but the Jets had to address edge rusher. And of the players who were out there, Lawson was at the top of my list, so it's not a slam dunk, but I think it is the right move. I mean, I think, like I said, I I felt heading into yesterday like the best move for the Jets was to take some calculated gambles at positions of need, and there is reason to believe that Lawson has room to grow. I mean, I've seen some comparisons to other edge rushers who signed with other teams and then blossomed. I mean, there is a case to be made that Lawson is a potential breakout player, that the best is yet to come from him, that he could be a big-time impact player. It's nice to see the Jets actually address edge rusher. And again, a guy that I really like, a guy I have been a fan of for years, finally somebody who can get to the quarterback off the edge. You know, I've seen some people say that he's going to help Quinn and Williams. I, I actually think the opposite. I think Quinn and Williams is really going to help Lawson because I think Quinn and Williams on the inside is going to generate a lot of double teams. I think he's going to be very disruptive. I think Quinn and Williams is the guy 
other offenses are going to want to take away. And that's going to leave Lawson with favorable matchups where maybe he can get some cleanup sacks where he can really go to work and get things done. And I think the Jets are going to continue to look at adding pass rushers. I don't think Lawson alone fixes the pass rush, but I think it's a major step. And if you can get another edge rusher, whether in free agency, whether in the draft, I mean, I'd love to have two more two more edge rushers. But suddenly, this looks like a defense that can really get after the quarterback when you have Quinn and Williams and you have Lawson. And don't forget about John Franklin Myers, who can come in on passing downs, who was one of the top pass-rushing interior defensive linemen of 2020. Suddenly, you know, this defensive front, this pass rush, starts to look formidable. A major first step for the Jets getting Carl Lawson. It's a move that I like. I think it's refreshing to see that the Jets have actually made an effort to address the pass rush. I mean, how many years have gone by where we enter the offseason and there's a glaring needed edge rusher and nothing is done in free agency? And then we say, okay, well, we'll get somebody in the draft. And then we either don't get somebody in the draft or we get somebody like Ja'Kai Polite doesn't work out and we go into the season and say well we'll we'll see if we can figure it out maybe next offseason we'll get an edge rusher finally the Jets are addressing the critical position of edge rusher and I don't think they're done yet I think there you know there have been reports that they're interested in more than one edge rusher but they made the first step in signing Carl Lawson and then there was a minor move it was a re-signing that was reported it flew under the radar a bit but they bring back Josh Adams who did not get a lot of playing time last year because uh, Frank Gore was the go-to guy out of the backfield, but in the limited playing time Adams got, he played reasonably well, and he also had past success with the Eagles a few years back. I think, Adam, you know, listen, Adams may not make the team, but I actually do think there could be a role for him, and the biggest role I envision for him, he's a kind of a power runner, a guy who is if most effective inside the ta- between the tackles I see I envision him as a guy who potentially and again maybe he doesn't make the team he doesn't really have the pedigree that guarantees himself a roster spot but if he's on the team I see him as a guy who maybe could be an asset in what's known as the four minute situation which is a scenario where the Jets have really struggled through the years and that's when you have the lead and you have the ball with less than four minutes left in the fourth quarter and you're trying to run the clock out and those play calls tend to be very conservative and the Jets have not had anybody who could be physical between the tackles because that's a situation where you're really trying to run the ball to get the clock down to zero and the Jets have needed a physical runner for years in those situations and maybe Adams can provide them that but I think the big headlines are Corey Davis and Carl Lawson these were calculated moves by the Jets they address critical needs they upgrade important positions premium positions that were very weak And I think that there's no way you can look at this and not come away with the conclusion that the Jet, the New York Jets on Tuesday morning are a better team than they were on Monday morning. The Jets made some upgrades at key spots. Still a lot of work to do. Still a full offseason minus one day to go. But I think a very solid first day for the Jets. I think that they made targeted moves without going crazy. Uh, you know, I did not want to see the Jets overspent. I did not want to see the Jets just go on some wild spending spree where they were reckless. I think that they struck the balance between aggressive and reckless pretty well yesterday. And now we'll, we will see what they do going forward. 
Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy this show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. If you are new to the podcast, this is a daily podcast, so we will be back with a new episode tomorrow. I look forward to speaking with you then.